welcome to Cutting to the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. Today we're going to talk about honey traps. Yeah. The Russian Romeos, the Chinese uh, nymphomaniacs. Oh, I yeah. thought we were talking about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, Pete spent all of his, I, all of his week with no trousers on, stuck inside a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I've been researching fucking Disney and Winnie the Pooh and shit. Fuck. Yeah, well, no, mate, sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> Never mind. Technically, though, not Russian Romeos, Claire, when you brought this idea to us for the show. East German Romeos. East German, were they? East German, yeah. Technically, I guess you'd say part of the Soviet yeah. bloc. Same so. difference in it, really. Well, I just caught the end of, a, end of a show and just went, oh, that's quite interesting. Oh, that would be a cool They're all angry, subject. aren't they? What, East Germans? Is it Russians and the East Germans? They're all angry people, aren't they? They're Are they? No, no, I've met some really chilly Soviets. No, it's, awesome. it's the language. It sounds oh, the, very... It can it sound, sound aggressive. really aggressive, I think. German, especially. Cause yeah. I was, when I did German... German I did German... I love. And that means I love you. Hello, how are you? It's true, I got told when I was studying German in college... No offence any Germans, I'm I think I'm We've got joking. a few German listeners. So, <laughs> I am joking. But I, I was struggling with the accent, because mm. you've got to be able to do the accent at A-level in English college. Mm. And she says, all a man's got to do to have an English accent is sound aggressive. Yeah. A German accent is sound aggressive. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're right. Actually, you know, it's like, Guten Tag! Oh. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, oh shit, yeah, she's right. Or the camp, you go the opposite way, yeah, the camp chair. Go camp chair, that's the that's, 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 that's a fine line between the two. Always mine handy. <laughs> and I just spent a leather cap. I've got a mobile phone. I'm Bill. Handy. And that is um, the, the difference, you can always tell a, G- a German by his, by his hat. If it's a leather cap, he's gay or a Nazi. <laughs> no in between. No in between. Leather hats, gays or Nazis. <laughs> Maybe both. No, that's an oxymoron. Isn't it? I don't know, man. Today's bound. Say it now. Today's bound is Exactly. Today's bounders are becoming more and more undefined. Like, all right. Let's thank some of the return listeners, and then we'll crack on with Lafetti, Lafayette. Sorry, Lafayette in California. Lafetti, fuck me, baby. How long have you been doing this? Oh, Lafetti! Rancho Relaxo. Olive in Lafetti, California. Lafayette. Larkurchin in Austria. Rancho Cordova in California. Accra in Ghana. I've met some people from Accra at work. Clenethley in Wales. Wow. Wow. Sheboygan, is that easy? In Wisconsin. Yeah. Las, Las Vegas, Nevada, Quebec, and Canada. Frankfurt on Maine. Sorry to you for the German accents earlier. <laughs> you said this is the show expressing your anger at me. You can call me a swine hunt if you like. Ooh, Kowaru in Estonia. Giel or Giel in Belgium. Los Angeles, California. A lot of Californias this week. Reading, California. Tampa, Florida. Legapi. Oh, God. Legas Pie, Legas P in the Philippines of all places. Shrewsbury in the Kingdom, London in the UK, San Diego, California, Austin, Texas, Camden Tan in in London, Bengaluru in India. I wonder why Camden comes up as not being in London. That's weird. Unless there's a diff. Unless there's another Camden. Yeah. Yeah, just my own ignorance. (laughs) Bengaluru in India. Guadalajara, Spain, Stevenage in the UK, Queens in New York, and Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, Ashburn. Number one. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for listening. It's all appreciated. If you want to leave us a message, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your brother, tell your sister. Tell your mistress. Tell your honey trap. Tell your therapist. Tell everyone. Tell your therapist. Tell everyone. What I do nowadays is I literally say, "Yeah, I've got a podcast," and I go to their whatever app they've got for it, type the name in, and uh, save it. Save it. Even it's like YouTube. I put it. We're on many podcasting platforms. It's cutting the ball in the PTA. YouTube is Apocalypse Ball, and I'm Facebook at Cutting the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. And I've been told to have an Instagram now. Yeah, but we don't know how to work it, do we? <laughs> no, we haven't progressed to Instagram, but apparently I've got fan mail Ooh, yeah. on Instagram. There we go. 
scam mail more like. <laughs> I want to call it fan mail, Claire, because I want to get honey trapped. Maybe we'll. Uh, <laughs> it looks we'll like do it. it. He's got a message, and it really does look like it. Maybe we'll do a TikTok next. <laughs> Oof, we'll do little funny TikTok videos, all dancing. <laughs> I'm not dancing on dancing TikTok, mate. <laughs> you, you can do it if you like. I'll sit here and drink beer. <laughs> right, the honey trap. The definition of a honey the trap. The definition of a honey trap, and we'll go into the history of it in a second. The definition of a honey trap is basically, let's say that you're a 45-year-old man, away from your wife, diplomat, in you know, a slightly hostile country, let's say Russia, East Germany, most of this took place in the Cold War, although the Chinese are having great success at it nowadays. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you're an American diplomat. Still goes on now. Oh, still goes on now. It's, it's in fact, it's, you're the, just tricking the book. The UK have just, the government have passed a law saying it's okay for agents to rape, isn't it? And murder. They've always had that, Mike. It's a yeah, double, it's it's like, double O status. Well, they've passed <laughs> it as a law now, so they're able to do it. Why? It's not a honey trap though, Mike. No, (laughs) a lot of them do end up sort of marrying women and and men and having kids and things. They do, they don't kill them. They don't kill them, no. But agents don't They might do eventually. (laughs) In none of these cases, I don't think they did. But yeah, so what you do is you send a very attractive lady or man, let's see, it's more likely to work on men because men, we're ruled by our penises. We're easier. We're a lot easier, we're an ego covered in skin, and the second that a woman who's incredibly attractive and 20 years younger than us starts hitting on us, we're going to end up having sex with that woman. Are you going to hope so? Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to be the man's goal. Let's just, let's just be honest amongst ourselves, and, and sorry Claire, this is a little me, Pete and Mike meeting for a second. Mike, you going to do that? Of course. Pete? Well... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in there the second she suggests it. Now, Claire, role reversed, right? You're a diplomat somewhere. Bloke, handsome guy, hunk, muscled, toned, tanned, intelligent, witty, starts hitting on you. Oh, but she's married. We're all single. Yeah, but if she's not married. Okay. Yeah, some, some of them are well, married. Some of them are married, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Some of them are married, These are the, but they're away from their spouse. Obviously, I wouldn't do it if I was married. Oh, you'd be tested though, wouldn't you? <laughs> Been a single bloke, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, not, not if I was married, you know. Remember, their job <laughs> is to wear you down over time. But we're, it's we're not calling just one Claire, decent proposal. We're calling Claire a diplomat here, so obviously this is like a complete made-up scenario. So don't <laughs> oh, Pete, that is harsh. <laughs> so you don't have a husband in this scenario. Oh. You're some kind of fucking diplomat. Well, some hunky. As long as we clicked, yeah, I'd be yeah. all over it. <laughs> Some Superman-looking dude, what's his name? Clark Kent. No. Henry Cavill. That's it. Someone like him comes along. Uh, hey, Claire. How are you doing, baby? He's British. All right. Hello, Claire. <laughs> How are you doing, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that is a honey trap, in its essence. And what happens is and you get close to that person... You sleep with them. They provide you. They provide you with a great time, and you tell them the secrets that they want to hear. Like, I don't think it's as easy as that, is it? In some cases, they, these people have got married, had kids, they've lived. Have in you never watched Blackadder the Fourth? Yeah. So you see when he's with that nurse that he thinks is a mold, and it turns out it's actually the nurse that's yeah, a mold, and yeah. he ends up spilling everything to her, and that's years old. So they know how it works and they have done for a long time oh yeah well go back to the samurai times of Japan if you were Japan geisha girls mm. they were literally also trained to be assassins they're getting close to the daimo or the lord mm. and then hairpin as the hair say, into the neck it was the hair ha- just at the point of orgasm yeah probably they were trained to be the ultimate lovers as well so you know you take him to heaven and then you send him to hell <laughs> Not that way you go, I guess. No, it's, it's one of the ways I want to go. If you have the choice. If I have the choice, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Turns out that both men and women are equally adept at setting a honey trap and equally vulnerable to talk, tumbling in, although being a man, I'm just going to agree that we, we go for it more. That's not sexist, by the way. We're more basic than women. Like Claire says, oh, if we clicked, 
None of us mentioned that. None of us mentioned that. None of us mentioned, oh man, I hope she's my intellectual equal. We're just like, oh, she's 20 years younger than us and I have no kids, bang. (laughs) (laughs) She's in her 20s and she said I can put it in any hole. (laughs) I was there. (laughs) Fish in her mouth after. (laughs) All right then. Ben wonders why you sing them. Alright, love. I'm too pissed now. Hey! I only ever did that once. You're lucky I never needed this shit, love. <laughs> <laughs> I only ever did it once, alright? Hold on, sit there, love. I want you to curl one out on your chest. Cleveland Steamer it. Oh, who, hasn't done, who hasn't done that? Who hasn't performed the Cleveland Steamer? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sort of. Well, you've been watching the Johnny Depp trial. You should know all about it now, you really. You shit on the chest and you rub it up and down your arse. I was thinking, yeah. Oh, lovely. Steam roller, that's what I was getting. That would be fucking gross. I don't know There's only two things I bought away from the Johnny Depp trial, and that was Mega Pint and uh, my dog Tonner of Yeah. Spies often use sex, intelligence and the thrill of a secret life as bait. Cleverness, training, character and patriotism are often no defence against a well-set honey trap. And as in normal life, no planning can take into account that a romance begun in deceit might actually turn into a genuinely passionate affair. Now in fact when an East German honey trap was exposed in 1997, Berlin War has been down for six years at that point, yeah. Uh, one of the women involved Longer. refused. 89, the war went down. Well, it was 91, they reunified. Yeah, it was, yeah, but the war went down earlier, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, 89. Yeah, when David Hasselhoff parachuted in and some guy been looking for freedom on top of the Berlin Wall and they ever really just started attacking it. He never did that, did he? No. I <laughs> <laughs> was so picturing that epic thing. God damn it, I thought. He is a fucking legend, that man, isn't he? <laughs> he single-handedly reunified Germany by singing I've Been Looking for Freedom still on top of the Berlin Wall after he was parachuted in by a NATO bomber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was David Asloff, guys. It wasn't years of intense diplomacy and the full economic crumbling of the Soviet Union. No, it was David Asloff. Yeah, but they do love David Asloff. They do. So the Germans do love David Asloff. surprised me. I thought it was a Mandela effect or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be from now on, you know. That's yeah, the thing. No one said it. No, it's out there. People are going to believe that happened. Now. People will believe it happened. It did happen. I heard it on a podcast. I remember it. I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing he was wearing a fucking pink bandana and everything, <laughs> and a red cape. <laughs> oh shit. So in 1997, one of the women involved refused to believe that she had been deceived, even when presented with the evidence. Quote. No, that's not true, she insisted. He really loved me. Oh, shit. Still, we didn't hear of him in this scenario. And, and the fact that she said he really loved me, that's the past tense. So that oh, she knows shows. She knows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He loved her at the time, but not now. On a subconscious level, she realises it. Yeah. If those who aim to perfect the art of the honey trap in the future, as well as those seek to insulate themselves, would do well to learn from honey trap history. And of course, there are far too many stories and too many drawers, too many rumpled bedsheets, rattled spouses, purloined letters, and ruined lives to do that history justice yeah. in an hour and a bit podcast. Yeah. But we'll do a few. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the lessons they offer for honey trappers and honey trappers and honey trapees are there to be learned. So we can learn how to do it. You can learn how to. <laughs> You're not a spy. How do you know? I bet a really interesting spy theory this week that James Bond, though a spy, was actually a decoy spy because he's so well known. They'd immediately gravitate to him, allowing the other spies who are more secretive to actually do the fucking job. Yeah, that's good. So while he's playing poker in a casino, and he's like just giving away his name all the time, because he yeah, always name yeah. drops, doesn't he? Yeah. Like the actual spies are doing their job and dismantling the death laser. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just comes in at the end and takes all the glory. Mm. Let's do the first one we've got. In 1986, Mordecai Varanu, 
An Israeli technician who worked in Israel's Dimona nuclear facility went to the British newspapers with his claim that Israel had developed atomic bombs. His statement was starkly at odds with Israel's official policy of nuclear ambiguity, but he had the photos to prove it. And there's always been a thing with him in Israel. It's like, you got nukes, haven't you? No. They always deny it, they? They always deny it because it would shift the balance of power too much. Mm -hmm. If they had them, then Iran all of a sudden would need to have them. Yeah. You know, other countries in the Middle East, and you'd have massive instability. The period of negotiation among the newspapers are tense. At one point, the London Sunday Times was keeping Vanu hidden in a secret location in suburban London while it attempted to verify his stories. You just imagine all the newspapers fighting over this guy for the breaking story. Mm-hmm. But Vanu got restless and he announced to his mind as the paper that he had met a young woman while visiting tourist attractions in London they were planning a romantic weekend in Rome. The newspaper felt it had no right to prevent him from leaving, but it was a huge mistake. Shortly after arriving in Rome with his lady friend, Vananu was seized by Mossad officers, forcibly drugged and smuggled out of Italy by ship to Israel, where he was eventually put on trial for treason. Oh, fuck. He served 18 years in jail, 11 years of it in solitary confinement. Barbaric, that is. It is, actually. That's terrible. Released in 2004, he's still confined to Israel under tight restrictions which include not being allowed to meet with foreigners or talk about his experience. Britain has never held an inquiry into the affair. I wonder why that is. Because we sell them tanks, Mike. America said no. Well, that and we sell them arms. You want to upset some of your biggest clients. Mm-hmm. Plus we're under the thumb of America and America and Israel. And don't forget the Jewish lobby in our own country, Mike. Yeah. You know? That's true. Well, let's, let's face it, most of our countries are run by them. Oh, that sounds a bit older than the Prime If you mean the bankers, as, as in the Rothschilds and people like that, then yes, yeah. they technically, I guess you could make an argument they, they for that. They hold the strings of the puppets. In some scenarios, you could, I mean, during the Napoleonic Wars, I mean, the, yeah, that was they, the Napoleonic were bank, Wars. they were bankrolling both sides, due yeah. to say they haven't done that in every war ever since. There's cunts in every religion, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And there's good people, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well... The cunts at the top of cunts. Doesn't matter what religion they are. The woman who set the honey trap was a Mossad officer, Cheryl Bentov, codenamed Cindy. She was born in Orlando, Florida, and she was married to an officer of the Israeli Secret Service. After the operation, she was given a new identity to prevent reprisals, and eventually she left Israel... Sorry. <laughs> I was fucking wondering. <laughs> it's a bit slow today. <laughs> to return to the United States. I have just finished a joint, to be fair. Fuck me, I always thought you read along with me. Most of the time I do, but I got lost. Pretending. <laughs> you know when you get lost and yeah. you think, oh, fuck it, I'll never find it again. Yeah, I'm just listening anyway. Yeah. But her role in the Valley Affair was vital. The Mossad could not have risked a diplomatic incident by kidnapping Valenu from British soil, so he had to be lured abroad. An audacious undertaking, but in this case a successful one, and if anyone has the balls to pull that off, it is Mossad. They are probably the intelligence agency in the world aggressively, an aggressive intelligence agency. Can't fault them. They're one of the best known honey traps in spy history, and we go back into history in this one, involves Matahari, a Dutch woman who had spent some years as an erotic dancer in Java. Now, during World War I, the French arrested her on charges of spying for the Germans based on their discovery through intercepted telegrams the German military attaché in Spain was sending her money. The French claimed that the German was a control officer and she was passing French secrets to him, secrets that she had obtained by seducing prominent French politicians and officers. During the trial, Matahari defended herself vigorously, claiming that she was actually the attaché's mistress and he was sending her gifts. But her arguments did not convince her judges, and she died by firing squad on October 15th, 1917, refusing a blindfold. Hmm. Look him in the eye. Yeah. After the war, the French admitted they had no real evidence against her. And the conclusion by most modern historians has been that she was shot because she was running a honey trap, not because she was running a honey trap operation, but to send a powerful message to any women who might be tempted to follow her example. So she probably was sleeping with French politicians and generals mm. and all that, 
but she's also probably sleeping with this German guy too. Maybe she just liked to sleep with powerful men. Who would give her lots of money and things that she wanted. Yeah, gifts. <laughs> she used information to better her standing. That's of course, but is it a warning? Yes. Mind you, she had some fun though, eh? Can't argue with her, that. that was her choice of life, you can't say she didn't enjoy it to the full. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes an entire, a country's entire journalism corps can fall into an apparent honey trap. Yevgeny Ivanov was a Soviet attaché in London in the early 1960s. He was a handsome, personable officer and a popular figure on the British diplomatic and social scene, and a frequent guest at parties given by a society osteopath Stephen Ward. I want to be a society osteopath. Osteopath. I don't know what it means. It just sounds great. Fixing backs, isn't it? An osteopath. I thought it was something to do with feet. Uh, feet. That's a paediatrician, isn't it? That's a child. Oh. Yeah. There's another one though. It's, it's simpler to it. Simpler to it. <laughs> Ward was famous for inviting the pick of London's beautiful young women to his gatherings, and one of them was Christine Keeler. A scatterbrained 60s good time girl who was supposedly became Ivanov's mistress. Unfortunately for everyone involved, Keeler was the lover of the married British MP and Secretary of State for War, John Profumo, who was then working on plans with the United States to station cruise missiles in Germany. It's a bit of a problem, mm. isn't it? In 1960. Because she's then going to go and tell him everything. By the way, the Americans and the Brits are planning on putting missiles into West Germany. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the Russians knowing about that. No. Yeah. In 1963, Perfumo's affair with Keeler was exposed in the press, and Britain's famed scandal sheets also blew up the Soviet spy honey trap angle, for which there was no evidence, apparently. But there was. Now, Profumo was forced to resign for lying about the affair to the House of Commons his wife forgave him, but his career was ruined. Yeah. Ivanov was recalled to Moscow, where he lived out his days, pouring ridicule on the whole story. And he said, it's ludicrous to think that Christine Healer could have said to John Profumo in bed one night, oh, by the way, darling, when are the cruise missiles going to arrive in Germany? Mm-hmm. But, I say, when the media gets hold of these things... Yeah. Just going to show how much media have had control for years. Of course it does. It's not just a recent thing. Of course not. It's the sound of papers, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, not all honey traps are heterosexual ones. In fact, during less tolerant eras, a homosexual honey trap with a goal of blackmail could be just as effective as using women as bait. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. The tragic story of Jeremy Wolfreden, the Wolfenden... London Daily Telegraph's correspondent in Moscow in the early 1960s. He was uh, doubly vulnerable to KGB infiltration. He spoke Russian and he was gay. And seizing the opportunity, the KGB ordered the Ministry of Foreign Trade's barber to seduce him <laughs> and put a man with a camera in Wolfenden's closet to take compromising photos. The KGB then blackmailed Wolfenden, threatening to pass on the photographs to his employer if he did not spy on the Western community in Moscow. He reported the incident to his embassy, which is fair enough, but the official British reaction was not what he expected. On his next visit to London, he was called to see an officer from the Secret Intelligence Services, the SIS, or if you're a layman, MI5. Same thing, is it? MI5 is what people who don't know it's called the SIS call it. It is technically the Strategic Intelligence Service. Uh. They asked him to work as a double agent, oh. leading the KGB along, but continuing to report back to the SIS. The stress led Wolf ending into alcoholism. He tried to end his career as a spy, marrying a British woman he met in Moscow, arranging a transfer from Moscow to the Daily Telegraph's Washington Bureau, and telling friends he'd put his espionage days behind him. Was he gay then or not? I think he married the woman to try and put those rumours oh, to bed. Okay. Oh. But the spy life was not so easily left behind. After encountering his old SIS handler at a British embassy party in Washington in 1965, he was once again pulled back into the association, and his life fell into a blur of drunkenness. On December 28, 1965, when he was 31, he died, apparently from a cerebral hemorrhage caused by a fall in the bathroom. No matter what the actual cause of death, between them, the KGB and the SIS had sapped his will to live. Oh. Yeah. Got to have been drunk. 
Got to been drunk and clunked himself or something. Mm. Yeah, more than likely. The sad thing is, he probably produced little useful information for either side because oh. his colleagues weren't giving him any information because they were warned he was talking to the KGB. Yeah, so... It's a waste of time anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bastards. Now, the broadest honey trap in intelligence history was probably the creation of the notorious East German spymaster Marcus Wolf. Because if you're going to be a German spymaster, you should have Wolf in your name. Uh-huh. Like, Wolf and Wolf? Wolfgang Wolf? Wolfgang Wolf von Wolf? Wolfgang Wolf was once the manager of Wolfsburg. He was? Shit, yeah! <laughs> was it during World War Two? <laughs> Nobody right. ran, his, ran his thing out of the Wolf's lair. <laughs> in the early 1950s, Wolf recognised that with marriageable German men killed in large numbers during World War Two, and more and more German women turning to careers, the higher echelons of German government, commerce and industry were now stopped with lonely single women ripe in his mind for the temptations of a honey trap. Valid point. It's the 1950s Germany. You've lost three million young men in World War Two. Yeah. More single women out there than there are men. What a time to have been alive. There's a lot more women all over the place, isn't You mean there? apart from the crippling rationing and growing up in ruins, Pete? No. <laughs> Plenty of poontang. Hyperinflation. Hyperinflation. Until the Marshall Plan kicked in. I'd have just been making babies. <laughs> and repopulating lot, the country. With lots of money. Doing, doing you good for the fatherland. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't bothered about that at that point. No, no. Probably been shunned for having blue eyes. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Wolf set up a special department of the Stasi, which is East Germany's security service, and staffed it with his most handsome, intelligent officers, and he called them Romeo spies. Mm. Their assignment was to infiltrate West Germany, seek out powerful, unmarried women, romance them, and squeeze through them all their secrets. Literally. <laughs> Thanks to Romeo spies and their honey traps, the Stasi penetrated most uh-huh. levels of the Western German government and industry. And at one stage, the East Germans even had a spy inside NATO who was able to give them information on the West deployment of nuclear Jesus. weapons. Amazing the things men will say to people in bed. Or women. Women in this case, aren't they? Yeah. Women in this case, it's fantastic. Oh, well, blabbing mouths, aren't they, women? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my! I what I've done today. Claire, Claire, just fucking slap him. You're entitled to. She knows I'm aging. I didn't even hear what you said well. then. I, I, I missed that. I was reading. <laughs> what are you going to say, Claire? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> women being the men to keep secrets. She agreed. Well, no, no, yeah, I agree. You know, oh, do you know what I've done today? Oh, you know, there's some missiles coming into X, Y, and Z. Just <gasps> saying that they're like a bit of a gossip, aren't they? Yeah. It's just the way it is. <laughs> there were women in this, and one of them used her connections to become a secretary in the office of the West German Chancellor, Helmut Schmidt. So, literally, they wow. are in the very highest echelons of power. The scheme lost its usefulness when the West German counterintelligence authorities devised a simple way of identifying the Stasi officers as soon as they arrived in West Germany. They sported distinctly different haircuts, the practical short back and sides variety instead of the fashionable elaborate West German style, I'm presuming that's the feathered mullet. (laughs) Maybe a, a perm was more Liverpool, a feathered mullet. Alerted by train guards, counterintelligence officers would follow the Romeo spies and arrest them at their wrong first move. Mm. Now, three of the women were caught and tried, but in general, the punishment was lenient. One woman who managed to penetrate West German intelligence was sentenced to only six and a half years in prison, probably because ordinary West Germans had some sympathy with her. Wolf himself faced trial twice after the collapse of communism, but received only a two-year suspended sentence given the confusion of whether an East German citizen could be found guilty of treachery to West Germany. <laughs> Valid point. Yeah. Unlike most spymasters, Wolf preserved his own thoughts on his experience for posterity in his autobiography, Man Word of Face. Wolf denied he put pressure on his officers to use love to do their jobs. It was up to the operators themselves. 
To quote him, he said, there were sharp operators who realised that a lot can be done with sex. And this is true in business and espionage because it opens up channels of communication more quickly than the other approaches. How about the morality of it all? Well, he said, as long as there's espionage, there'll be Romeos seducing unsuspecting targets with access to secrets. However, he does maintain, I was running an intelligence agency, not a Lonely Hearts Club. <laughs> Alright, let's run through some more recent ones. Yeah. Fang Fang, <laughs> known as Christian Fang, is known, had relationships with two US mayors and targeted Democratic politicians in what the US officials believe was a political intelligence operation run by China. You can sink her fangs into me. <laughs> is, that, is that her? That's her. She's a very pretty She's Chinese hot. lady. She's very pretty. They're all really pretty though. Well, yeah, that's the whole point, isn't it? Fang Fang likely didn't pass classified information while she was in the US from 2011 to 2015, but she was in a position to observe government officials and their habits, schedules and social networks. Federal investigators were so concerned they gave a defence briefing to Eric Swalwell, a Californian Democratic congressman who Fang Fang had helped with fundraising and she fled the US shortly after Swalwell cut ties with her. Oh. And so that's fairly recent. Still going on, the Chinese have taken this over with a passion then. Yeah. Maria Bettina is a modern day... Matahari. Matahari. The woman from before, from the 30s. Who was shot by the French? The Dutchwoman. The Dutchwoman, that's the one. So, a gun toting NRA supporting temptress who pled guilty to acting as a clandestine Russian agent for the US. She cozied up to the Trump administration and the National Rifle Association to gather intelligence from conservative power brokers. Bettina championed her love for guns on social media and dated Republican fundraiser Paul Erickson. She was sentenced to 18 months in prison but served only five before she was deported to Russia. Bettina told NPR Radio that all she had been doing was building peace between uh-huh. Washington and Moscow. She's coaching with the Trump administration. That's only, what, uh, three years ago? Yeah. Yep, pretty recent, eh? When Anna Chapman moved to Manhattan in 2009, she told people she was a realtor. The truth was she was gathering intelligence and using a laptop to create private wireless network to contact Russian government officials. An FBI investigation revealed Chapman was a spy, part of a larger network operating in the US that later inspired the US series The Americans. Chapman and nine others pled guilty to working as unlawful Russian agents. The Russians were part of 2010 spy swap in Vienna, exchanged for spies including Sergei Skripal, a former MI6 informant, who was later poisoned in the yeah, UK. Yeah. Chapman now works as a model, according to her Instagram account. Mm-hmm. 2009, Sergei Skripal, is that the one that died. Was he the one Salisbury. with the stuff on yeah. Salisbury? Yeah, the, Salisbury. on the door on the doorknob. With yeah. his daughter. Nick Van Yenko was the one that was poisoned That's right. That's it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sergey and his daughter actually survived, didn't they? They did, yes. It was the poor buggers that fucking encountered it a month or so later that didn't survive. Yep, absolutely. Amy Elizabeth Thorpe, better known by a married name Betty Pack, seduced men to help the Allies win World War Two. Wow, what an effort. Is there a picture of her? Ah, man, she was a she's hot very attractive. She was an American-born beauty raised in Minnesota, the daughter of a US Marines officer. Pack married a British diplomat, which led to an introduction to MI6's top brass. While in Warsaw, she learned the Polish were already cracking the Enigma codes and she passed on information about how the machine was used. She's also credited with stealing the Vichy code books out of the Vichy embassy. In the 1963 obituary, Time magazine said Pack used a bedroom like Bond uses a Beretta. Oof, Ooh. quality. Ooh, look at her again. Female Bond. That's an epitaph you want, though, isn't it? Let's have a look at her again. Yeah, beautiful woman. Yeah, she's very pretty. Great eyes. As well, the way they Fantastic made Fantastic eyes. Imagine what she'd look like in nowadays, like, modern looks. She'd be stunning, wouldn't she? Hopefully she's not orange and with big pouty lips. No, <laughs> no yeah, no, she'd probably have duck lips. Oh. Whack, yeah. whack. 
2019. India identified 150 social media profiles used by Pakistan to honey trap Indian army officers into spilling state secrets. Mm. The problem was so alarming, India asked soldiers to remove Facebook, Instagram, Tinder and dozens of other apps from phones. The seduction usually started with a woman liking a soldier's social media posts and asking for more photos of guns and aircraft. The conversation would then evolve into direct messaging where Pakistan's inter-services intelligence seductively asked for defence secrets. Uh, How can you seductively ask for defence secrets? Like, hey, I'll suck your dick if you tell me where the missiles are. Uh (laughs) That's not very seductive. It's it's seductive for me. (laughs) It's all it take to me. <laughs> ben will be given the exact coordinates instantly. <laughs> really? Well, I'm actually working at one right now. <laughs> I like that though. That's a really, you know, why why send people to do it now? You can do it on, you can create some fake accounts yep. on Ooh, Tinder. The guy in it. Yeah. <laughs> Austria's former vice chancellor Heinz Christian. Satri? Stracker. Stracker. Was looking forward to meeting a young woman at a luxury villa in Ibiza, Spain, back in 2017. Claire, I think you'll find it's Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> the Venga boy said it's Ibiza. Did they? Uh, yeah, We're going they to Ibiza. Did they? Back to the island. Back to the island. That's Americans say as well. Yeah. That's what they're saying, Ibiza. No. Yeah. No. She introduced herself as... Alonia Makarova. Lovely. The niece of the Russian oligarch Igor Makarov. Makarov. She was also videotaping the conversation when she proposed support for his far-right Freedom Party in return for the state contracts. The Ibiza, you've got me saying Ibiza now. The Ibiza video triggered a political crisis in Austria as uh, the FPO was part of the country's governing coalition. Yeah. Mm. It's a weirdo, isn't it? Yeah. Just for money in that scenario, then. Yeah. She's hot. Well, then, so should we do some fucked up facts? Just give our final thoughts. Honey traps. Cool as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'd be a sucker for this. If they... Yeah, it'd be hard not to be. It'd be hard not to be. Really would if you're a single fucking man. And like you said, some oh, hot woman. Oh, Ben's nice... a cancer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he might start getting honey traps coming out. Shit! Why do you think Ooh. I uh, joined the <laughs> podcast? Uh... Pete, it's not working, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's what you think. <laughs> no, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We have opposing viewpoints on how well this is going. Give it another three or four beers. Don't worry. I'm confident. <laughs> my good drink a sip out of all my beers. No <laughs> all I'm going to say is rubber up, guys. Safety first. Right? <laughs> it, it, it is, it's fucking terrible, obviously. In reality, yeah, it's a terrible thing because you're using your sexuality to gain benefit. You're, you're emotionally investing them into you, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I know what it's like to fall in love with somebody and then have your heart torn out from your chest. And not, <coughs> sorry. And imagine how these poor gents feel when they realise, oh, yeah. shit, they all women, they, they were only with me because they wanted fucking information. God damn it, I love them. Yeah, but you all so, like watching James Bond, didn't you? It's okay for James Bond to do it, isn't it? No, but we all like James Bond because he's fucking... Suave and sophisticated. And um, drinks a martini. And he drinks a martini, shaken, not stirred. And there were none in there that included what we went through, the ones where they actually marry and have kids. Yeah. They actually did for like 20 years. Real. There was in there, there was a couple right. in there with that. Yeah, they married and had kids, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. They're the worst, aren't they? Oh, that's just. No, because a, a, an actual relationship has formed. Yeah, I know, but this other guy's probably got kids and a family elsewhere. In some scenarios, yes. Yeah. In some scenarios, so no. That it might have just formed, and now you know. It, yeah, I've been found out, but I do love you still. It's so, like finding. So you you become the British. You become the British ambassador somewhere, Mike. Is a single bloke. You marry the a woman from the country. Yeah. You have children with her. You have twenty years of marriage, and she turns around. Then at the end of the day, it turns out she was actually just doing it for the country. So you tell her shit. Yeah. And What's so, you going to do? First thing she says, leave, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, she leaves. Yeah. But there must have been something there. I... No, I don't think there is. 
Surely you can't, you can't fake in, it in all, some, can you? No, in, in some circumstances, in some of these situations, I bet there was love and it, and the, you know, maybe... They left because they, they were told to, or they had to. Left because they had to leave the country because they'd been found think, out as a spy. You'd run after you, your partner. And and you're trying to romanticise it a bit. These people, yeah, they go in there, hook up with somebody to get information... Last twenty years, they'll marry, have kids, and then as soon as the assignment's over, they leave. I don't care. There is that element to it, absolutely. But you've got to still like have feelings for your kids, haven't you? You think? Surely you can't be that emotionally disconnected. Even I struggle with that. I guess these they recruit psychopaths that don't have emotions. Hmm. I guess that's the only way you could do it is if you or like. One percent of the population are psychopaths. Yeah, but there's only so many one percent of the people. You've got the yeah, you don't need half a dozen spies. Yeah, but you've you got loads of them in the army and shit as well, and the, and the navy and ruling the country and doing business. Yeah. There's only one percent, Mike. <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> he could have been a honey trap in his day. But if you're poor and you're a psychopath, you're more likely to end up in prison. And these people might get to these people before they get to going to do a ten stretch or come work for us, isn't it? That's probably what, how they get them. Yeah. Well, I think you just got to look at people who have got that. You need them to be attractive, don't you? So you've got to look at your modelling community. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, haven't you? You need these people to be attractive. They've got to be so attractive, they can cause married men and women to confess state secrets to them in the bedroom, which is something they may never have Yeah, they don't before. necessarily have models, do they? Well, yeah. they've, got to be, they've got to be pretty damn good looking, haven't they? That's why they call a honey trap. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's no point saying you or I would do it. We'd fail miserably. Or please, good-looking people aren't models. What are you saying? I could honey trap someone. Yeah, maybe Fat Tracy from Dead the Lab and Flag. You know, I don't use the phrase "unleash the kraken" very often, but when I see her, I do. I couldn't honey trap a rabbit badger. But I mean. Men do this as well. Claire, where do you stand on the male side of it? So, because it's all right when I'm sitting there going, "Oh yeah, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm being sexist." Not tell her where being very unpleasant. Not tell her where the nukes were. She stuck a nooks in me face. <laughs> exactly. You know, Claire, where do you, where do you stand on this? If you were put yourself in this scenario, you're a British diplomat somewhere. <laughs> maybe you're married. Maybe you're not. What's it gonna take? For someone to come along and grab, you know, Sticking your husband's up there. On your shoulder and going, hey baby, your husband's up there. On your shoulder. <laughs> I think they're a bit more subtle than that, Pete. <laughs> well, there was a lot less, you know, women diplomats and that, like being sort of sucked in, wasn't there? Yeah, well, there was a lot less women in them positions. Lots, yeah. A lot less women in those, in those positions. Well, in the 1950s, one of the Stasi with, yeah. the, with, the, with the Romeos there, mm. they were women and men. You know, they're getting them into the West German officers, uh, West German Chancellor's office. What were the women called then? Were they Juliet's? I guess they were still Romeo's, technically, because Juliet didn't really seduce anyone, did she? No. <laughs> Romeo just fell in love with her. Ethically, on a, on a grander scale, you know, it's it's not, it's not right, is it? But I, I think there would be feelings there. Maybe I'm romanticising it. I think there's got to be something, hasn't there? There's got to be some feeling there. There's no matter yeah, that you, lovely feeling you, at the tip of your penis. If you say just because <laughs> as, much, <laughs> as much as people like to say oh no strings attached, never ends up being that way, does it? Yeah, unless you're a psychopath, that's what I think they must be. I don't know, I've had no strings attached to sex before. Yeah, but over a period of time with the same partner. Mm. Or just one I mean I'm talking about an over over a period of time with the same partner, it's of mutual agreement, no strings attached. It doesn't ever work like that. You end up developing some feelings for them. Mm. Do you, but their do job is to make you fall in love with them. I know that's their job. They're manipulating. I know, them. but they must feel. They must feel something back, especially and children involved. There's people out there that don't. That's the thing. They don't feel this. They don't have emotions like us. Mm. They have no compassion, no empathy. I think Most of them are in the fucking government of this country. Yeah. Yeah, well, any government of every country, Mike, just this one. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that I only know the, the British one. I can't comment on Uganda's... You mean you can't political. comment on, on Uganda's political spectrum? No. Well, shame on you. Yeah. 
Just some fucked up facts then. Can, yeah. I, can I just say that I think this is like a tremendously effective way of gaining intelligence? Yeah. No one loses. No one gets it's killed. It's a win-win. <laughs> no one gets killed unless you're executed. Yeah, the first baby was executed, wasn't she? Yeah, Matahari was, but that was mainly as a bit of a warning as well. She was made an example of, wasn't mm. she? Right, well, that is Honey Traps. Hope you've all enjoyed it. Let's finish on some fucked up facts. Thank you. Honey on toast. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. Fucked up facts are my case with some knowledge. Does anybody like Bovril? No. no. Never tried it actually, I don't even know what it is. It's like a gravy drink or something. Isn't Basically, it? Yeah. Yeah. on the day, on the nut. Hit the day on the head. On the nut. On the nut, I know. On the nose. On the nose, yes. Either way, Bovril. Yeah, no. it was invented for Napoleon III. Yeah, and he was the worst Napoleon, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, he literally was the worst Napoleon. Was he? Yeah, he's the one that got his ass handed to him by the Prussians. Hmm. Captured Paris and everything, it was terrible. He had to surrender earlier on in the war. He was ter- he was not like his great granddad. He was also not over completely overrated. And you're blaming the Bovril. Mm-hmm. Yep. Either way. Is any course. man who was that bad at he was called Napoleon, he's that bad at generaling an army, would only think of a shit drink. I guess it's got a lot of calories, it's one of them kind of drinks where it's... Beefy, in it, Bob, for real? Yeah. It's like a beef broth. Yeah. Pretty much. Brummies love it, do they, Bob, real? <laughs> Just because they like saying it. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want some Bob, real? Do you want some it, Bob, It's real? very much a drink of the older generation, isn't it? Yeah. Go on then, next one. About a third of the UK population has discussed the weather within the last hour. I don't I think we're part that. of that, are we? No. no, we're not. No, we're not. I was earlier. Yeah. At about five o'clock I was. Yeah. Recording this like nearly three hours later. But yeah, I was in that group then. Yeah, me too, when I was at the chippy. So it's cold. I mentioned it when I come in, didn't I? Yeah. We have been in that group. It's what we do. Yeah. So one thing these British people saying is moaning. Right, right, let's face it. Uh, yesterday right. it was too hot. Yesterday it was thirty degrees. It Today good. it was fifteen degrees. Can I? Can I just? I'm going to do a. I know it's a visual thing, so the the, the listener may have to sort of take the guy's reactions. Yeah. But I'm going to show you. I went, to, I went to download festival last weekend. There's my festival tan. That's after a week. Yeah. So yeah. it's like red and sore, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's after a week. This, I'm rolling my sleeve further up. It's from yesterday. <laughs> Your yesterday burn. My yesterday right. burn. It is bright pink. It's very. It's red. It's angry. It kept me awake last night. Every time I rolled onto my arm, it kept me. It woke me up. <laughs> it was a bastard. I burn like. Is it on both arms. Yeah. Yes. A little you bit. Just put your one arm in the sun all day and just be like. What? A little bit. No, it's not as pronounced on the other arm. But this because this is where the sun was and where I was driving and the you know. All that I got it on on the left, and ah, oh, it was horrific. <laughs> and then we've fallen into that category because mm-hmm. we talked about the damn weather. Oh. How predictable. But yeah, I am vaping. <laughs> Can anybody guess how many blimps there are in the world? Ooh, seven hundred and forty-nine. No, I'm not going that high. Three hundred and twenty-three. Lower. No, I'm actually going to go like a couple of thousand. Hundred and twenty. Lower. Ooh, 73. Lower. A thousand. No, just... Just 73. Yeah, lower just than 73. 73 lower. Oh, crikey. I don't know. Is this a commercial blimp, so, is this, like... Just blimps? Just blimps. 25. Really? Mm. Nah. Have you always seen one sat around fucking Birmingham and that, like, little... Yeah, yeah, and we do, like, the Goodyear blimp, that kind of thing. That's what I mean. Are they counting... Is it... Are we talking commercial blimps that actual have passengers or are we talking little how many commercial blimps do you see trying around that there's Hindenburg's not roaming about mate you know what I use for, for Atlantic travel anymore there are still blimps I know you said are ones, the Americans what? big on blimps they are yeah ones that are crude I think so ones yeah. that have got a crew and that little little they, they command capsule they take around with them and they have a dinner on there and that like on James Bond and Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones yeah I don't know if people still do that. I don't know. 
Obviously not, because there's only well, 25. Well, there's only 25, so yeah. yeah I guess not. they just stationed outside sporting events for most of the time. Yeah. Most of them are probably in America, if not all of them. Hmm. Maybe a couple in Europe. Are they like just talking about like the big functional blimps then, are they? Because it can't be meaning like the ones that they stick on a piece of string. No, see, no, no, we're talking Because I like, see three or four of them when I do a trip down the motorway. Just says there's 25 blimps in the world. It's no, like a picture of a Goodyear blimp. With the right. engines, he's got engines on it, talking, I think is the best way yeah, to describe it. we're talking it. proper blimps. Hindenburg, yeah. R101. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Airships would yeah. be a better way to describe it. I bet they're but quite blimp pricey. is such a better word, isn't it? Blimp. 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 I'd like Rowan Atkinson to say mm. that. Okay, the first person to catch the H5N1 variant of bird flu in the UK was a Mr. Gosling. <laughs> oh my god. It's proof you live in a simulation, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, shut up, man. No, we don't. I can't be coincidence. That's just my own cognitive dissonance. That's not there's, there's well, no maybe, evidence. For, there's lots of evidence, but I just refuse to believe it. Maybe his surname was Gosling for a reason, because he might have come from generations of duck fuckers. Swan fuckers. <laughs> Swan. I don't know. Maybe his genetics have been slightly altered with a bit of duck gene or something. I don't know. <laughs> what you're suggesting in this scenario, Pete, is that not only, first of all, it needs to be fucking baby swans. Yeah. And second of all, you're suggesting the DNA flows both ways during sexual intercourse. What if it was actually one of the women had a thing for ducks? Have the you can't impregnate. Vice. It didn't need impregnation. Maybe it was just that she'd had so many... Mutant duck cum. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Gosden there is practically an X-Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some kind of swan DNA in him. Swan man. Swan man. He can break your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the shape of his penis. Corkscrew. <laughs> That's a swan's neck, isn't he? He's got a massive swan's neck, big penis. Can you break your arm with it? They've got corkscrew penises. Oh, oh you yeah. Can I open up your wine for you as well? <laughs> the swans have got corkscrew penises. Yeah. Well, I know ducks have, I assume swans are the same. Oh, you don't, that's one of the bold assumptions to make in this intergender, interspecies <laughs> time, mate. Right? They have to spin round to get out. Yeah. Damn. I don't know why though. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of, bit of duck fellatio been going on there, is it Mike? <laughs> is it? Okay, I'm a duck fucker. <laughs> I admit it. I knew the, the dory duck fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's a reason you weren't allowed to perform at Dolly Day. Yeah. I knew we didn't have a good duck for a reason. Uh, I just wanted to put people in a tent and throw rats at them and they were And then fuck some ducks. <laughs> fuck some ducks. Uh, the point is, he's going to be fucking swans. That's how I'm going wrong here. Yeah, me the way. <laughs> yeah, fucked up. Funny, mad coincidence. Yes. Would anyone love to live in Iceland? No. Oh, I'd love to see the Northern Lights. I'd live in Iceland, yeah. I'd, I'd like it. to go there. Wouldn't want to live You wouldn't there. want to live there before 1989. Why is that? Because beer was banned everywhere in Iceland <gasps> except the airport. Prohibition? Yeah. Oh, no. Better never get a job at the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, about, it's about £11 for a fucking McDonald's burger. Yeah, but well, you, you pay your flexi, it. doesn't it? Yeah. They're paid more, so that's like, for them, 11 quid is our £5.50 for a Big Mac meal. Yeah. So if they come to England for holiday, they're minted? Yeah. Depending on the exchange rate. I know they use Euros or that in Iceland. They're outside the EU, but still got their foot in, haven't they? They're like what we should have done, kept one foot in. In my opinion, obviously. So, yeah. So no beer until 1989. Yeah. Terrible. Well, that's alright, because I was six. six. 30 years ago, it didn't matter. So I couldn't have drank anyway. In June 2021, scientists tracked an underwater avalanche that didn't stop flowing for two days. Well, that's Ooh. a big ass avalanche. Isn't that an avalanche snow? What exactly they, were they tracking? Sort of like the sediment at the bottom, or what? Oh, avalanche no isn't snow, is it? I think technically. It's what? It's, it's snow covered rocks, isn't it? And snow. Oh, yeah, so there's rocks in there. So landslides are landslides, not an avalanche, is yeah. it? Yeah. But there's got to be rocks in the avalanche, haven't there? Because of the way of the snow would push them down the hill. Yeah, trees and everything, isn't it? Tree, yeah, trees too. 
I wonder, so does that mean that like, there was an avalanche into the sea and it just carried on going? Well, no, because obviously there's loads of, like, some of the biggest mountains in the world are underwater, aren't they? Mm. It's just one of them crumbling a bit, I guess, or something. Like, you got your fucking cliffs. Maybe uh, avalanche is the word for the movement. Yeah, maybe. And not for, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be with snow. Either way, I don't think we have the technical knowledge in this field no. to comment on that fact. Either way... Yeah, it's pretty impressive though, isn't it? Yeah. Two days. Switzerland has fondue vending machines. Like it. Fantastic idea. I'd love some fondue I want a pizza vending machine. You see that? Cheese chocolate? No. They do pizza vending machines as well. Mm. Where? Loads of places. Like literally loads of places are getting them. Pizza mines? Yeah, in Amsterdam England. there's little vending machines that do you pop stuff on the side of the room. Oh yeah, so actually I was too fucking high to be fair. Yeah, I mean I was too engaged in the local culture. There's one in... That's what you're labelling it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm labelling it. <laughs> UK's first pizza vending machine has opened. Nice. Bristol. This is in 2020, November. Yeah. Cooks in just three minutes. Nice. All right, it basically that. gets you fresh dough out, puts it together, and fucking pumps yeah. a bit of cheese on top and cooks it. Mm. Bosh. I'll be the feature of a restaurant soon. All AI, computers, robots doing it. No, oh, but then again, if you, you, you lose that human touch, might you lose the soul? <laughs> the soul of a pizza? Yeah. I know or that maybe the robot's got a soul. Yeah, I know I'm definitely not going to get pickles on my burger if it's going to be a robot. Instead of the retarded McDonald's. Why? Because <laughs> the robot won't get it wrong. You also just dropped an R bomb. <laughs> <laughs> what robots? <laughs> the other one. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Robots? No. No. R- ro- robots? No. <laughs> yes, Pete, robots. <laughs> oh. You can cut that during the plague of 1665, the Royal College of Physicians recommended purifying the air by what? Farting. Purifying the air. Purifying the air. Burning herbs. Things like that. Yeah, that's good thinking. Jizzing all over the place. You're always farting and jizzing, aren't you? This is quite an American sort of thing to do spreading cheeseburgers all over the wall <laughs> firing guns yeah <laughs> firing guns firing muskets frequently yeah wow to scare the miasma away must be that shoot them at the air <laughs> purify the air yep shooting the, the germs shoot the germs technically as an airborne germ you probably would take out a few on the way if you shot a bullet if it's an airborne germ, it would probably splat a few on the way. Not depending on the crowd you're firing, these things are microscopic, aren't they? I suppose. Well, isn't the air in front of the bullet just going to push it out the way? No, that's a valid point. If it's microscopic, it's more likely. Well, I'm not happen. saying. I'm not saying the bullet wouldn't. But it might interrupt the the bacteria. Would hitch a ride like on a. To be fair, in sixteen spit what, bubble or something. Sixteen sixty-five. Science wasn't good enough for them to even start thinking about anything like what we've just thought about. They just thought it was, oh, shoot your guns, clear the air it will, I'll tell you now, shoot them, shoot them lots. Don't worry about all those people dying, just, just shoot them. Shoot the guns, create a gunpowder fog. It would have been something to do with the smell of the... Well, um, Americans sound like farmers. <laughs> well, was it in America? Was it in America? No, 1665 was the last... Outbreak of the plague. It was in England. That's why I was speaking like that. Yeah. I yeah. said it's an American sort of response, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah, okay. that I mean, like firing a nuke at a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> End on this one. Humans have the largest bottoms in the animal kingdom relative to body size. Well, <laughs> I do know some people with some fucking large bottoms. So, yeah, I'll agree with that. I love big butts and I cannot lie. Well, we all know that fat bottom girls make the rocking world go round. Yep, that's right. And I think we can all agree on that. Nothing wrong with a bit of cushion for the pushing. So, on that note, let's end the show. I've been Ben. Thanks for listening. Don't do the favourite. Don't join a cult. 
I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. I've been Claire, keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete, aim low, shoot high. Cheers. Love that mail. But.